Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on September the 23rd, 2010. Now, newcomers, look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website, bookmark all the other sites you'll see listed there because I do get problems with uh, the top servers once in a while. And if you bookmark them, you can always download the latest shows. If you go into the archive section too, you'll find hundreds of audios for download where I try to give you a kind of shortcut to the reality in which you live and which is denied to you, in fact, to your brainwash not to see it. And um, remember, all those sites you see listed there too carry a lot of uh, transcripts as well of the shows for prints up. Uh, they all carry them in English, and if you want them in other language, languages, go into Alan Watt Sentient, sentinel.eu, and you'll find them there. Take your pick. And... I have to ask you again, too, remember that you bring me to you. I don't ask money from advertisers. The ads in, on this show that you hear uh, pay for the, the airtime directly to RBM. Not, I've got nothing to do with it, and that pays for the staff equipment, transmission, and so on. So you've got to help me with mine. Buy the books I have for sale. They're different from anything you're going to read out there on history and so on. It's not, it's not dry dates and generals and battles and all that nonsense. It's more like a, a history of how the world is controlled and the techniques and the con games that go into ruling it, which haven't really changed much. They just changed a little bit of surface appearance. And remember, from the U.S. to Canada, you can purchase them with a personal check. You can also use an international postal money order from the post office. You can use PayPal for donation or to purchase. If you want to purchase, just send uh, a separate email after the PayPal donation with your name, address, order, and I'll get it out to you. Some people just send cash, and across the rest of the world, you also have Cash Western Union. Uh, MoneyGram is an option. It's a bit cheaper than Western Union. And PayPal for donations or to purchase. And for those who uh, haven't bought anything or donated, it's about time some of you did because thousands and thousands listen to the show all the time, and yet only a few people send in a few pennies now and then. And that's the way. That's a good sign of today's society. That's why they're so easily controlled, and that's why they'll lose everything altogether in the end. I'm not kidding about that. Now. This uh, great big new world order we're living in, too, is, is a Sovietized system. It's a Sovietized system uh, with a combination of the Western authoritarianism combined. That, was, that came out in the 1950s in the official congressional inquiry into, it's called the Rees Commission, into the, the tax, um, charitable tax foundations. A book came out of it called uh, Foundations, Their Power and Influence. It's a must-read book for those who want to know, uh, because uh, out of this official inquiry came the answer from the CEOs of these big charitable foundations that fund all the NGOs. They direct the culture, where we're going to go, what we're going to think about, environmentalism, all those things. 
including the education your children would get. And they found that uh, the CEO of Ford Foundation said, well, our job is to blend and change the culture of the West so much you can blend and mix with that of the Soviet system without any problem. And that was always the game in the first place. I believe that was a game when they set up what became known as the Soviet Union. And remember, the Soviet system was financed into being by big, big banks from New York and London. Uh, Trotsky himself was caught in Halifax Harbor by the Customs Authority on his way with millions of dollars um, in suitcases. And he was held overnight, and it was President Wilson was told to rush up a, a, a citizenship a passport for him, and the Canadian authorities were told to let him go to get the Bolsheviks going. Back with more after these messages. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix and just talking about the big, big picture as we go steamrolling into this wonderful future of the planned society, the the controlled society, the society where you can't pick a mate for yourself. Uh, It depends on the gender. It might be more one than the other. But uh, for the old-fashioned way, uh, there's going to be laws down the road on breeding altogether and that's definitely on the cards. They've talked about this for over a 100 years. And it won't be just uh, permission, it'll also be a matter of of selecting who will breed with whom. And eventually that will be phased out as they go into completely the artificial wombs and artificial insemination and all these kind of things. And removing of genes and what they'll call enhancing, enhancing the the, the gene combinations and so on. The, The purpose made man, not just one type but different kinds for different purposes, exactly as Aldous Huxley talked about in his book Brave New World and his non-fictional work uh, Brave New World Revisited. So it was on the cards back in the 1930s when supposedly they were still speculating about genes. It was a theory that, it, that they existed. They just weren't sure. And yet you go back to the 1920s and you read the, the biography of Rutherford, the greatest mathematician that Britain had, who just happened to see in his biography was working for years on it with human genes. Well, why would you need the mathematicians to work on them if you couldn't even see them at the time? So we're kept in the dark like mushrooms, and that's why the big boys know what they can do. They don't. You could never bank so much on a future that you're planning to bring in without the knowledge that the sciences that you want to bring in to control society have already been discovered and they work. What would happen if you banked it all on something and this thing didn't work? Supposing the computer didn't work or they couldn't get it going. It's amazing how they had all uh, the the decades marked out just like the communists did with their 10-year plans for one part, 50 years for another. Same with the United Nations. And here's the Council of Foreign Relations with their 10, 15, 50-year plans, 100-year plans. And, of course, the computer was a major part of it to coincide to coincide with all the changes that have rampaged on since 9-11-2001, with total control and, of course, um, people doing more and more um, cashless banking, online services, everyone being monitored by your computer daily, the Pentagon admitting, putting out big articles about making a virtual you in their virtual world at the Pentagon, collecting your your daily data from all the different sources that you use, electronic sources, 
and feeding it into your little persona there, giving that persona tests and predicting with almost 100% accuracy how you in reality will behave because your little virtual you did things in a certain way. That's how perfected it is. And everything counted on the computerization being full-blown the way it is today for this to happen, to be brought in right now. Couldn't happen without it. They could not bring in worldwide total control. Couldn't be done. And eventually the computer, and I've talked about this in even recent articles, will be used as punishment once you go into the big cloud system. That's where you're all getting guided as they really dish out obsolete equipment and pretend it's the newest. They're guiding you step by step, making you think you're buying the latest, the latest, the latest, uh, and it keeps you unawares that you're being controlled. And then you go into the cloud system where eventually all you'll need is a little cell phone and you'll plug it into a screen if you want to, and that is your computer. And when they want to cut you off for being naughty, a bad little person, uh, politically incorrect, they'll simply disallow it for a month or two as a sentence because everything is to be punishment and reward in this Pavlovian system. Now, if everything is done through that little computer, you're banking, you're paying off your rent and all the rest of it, the buying of your food, well, that's you, Kaputsky, for a little while. You'll have to be an awful good little boy and report to some social worker and, and go for some kind of reconditioning of your personality, sensitivity training, or whatever it happens to be, to prove that you are worthy to serve the global system and serve is a term they're using. You know, mainstream news really does not fascinate me because media media's job is to keep you running in circles, thinking you're on the cutting edge, that everything there is to know they're telling you, and once you swallow that, you've had it. You, you, you'll never, never wake up to what's really, really going on. The media is not there to inform you about all the big things, the big agenda or anything like that. It's meant to keep you running in circles. And I'll give an example. I mean, every year, and every president who comes into the U.S. and every prime minister has to go over to Israel and then go over to the United Nations and give the same speech on peace in the Middle East. Uh, And everyone there, everyone present knows it's a farce. It's going through the motions to appease certain NGO groups at the bottom to put on the pretense that they're just people. There's justice in this world, you see. And this article here is from the Haaretz Daily Newspaper. It says, U.S. President Barack Obama is due to speak at the U.N.'s annual ministerial meeting in New York on Thursday afternoon and express the urgency for an Israeli-Palestinian peace deal. They've been saying that since 1948. And then it goes on the same stuff, because this is the same speech I think the previous ones used. If an agreement is not reached, Palestinians will never know the pride and dignity that comes with their own state. There's hardly any Palestinians left. Israelis will never know the the certainty and security that comes with sovereign and stable neighbors who are committed to coexistence. Obama will tell the UN, this is from the scriptwriter, uh, the General Assembly, according to excerpts released ahead of his planned speech on Thursday. Why don't they send the speechwriters there? Be cheaper. Says the hard realities of demography will take hold. More blood will be shed. The whole land will remain a symbol of our differences instead of our common humanity. You know that area is 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 called holy for different reasons. You know the the mount itself was full of holes. Have you ever seen it? 
after drain the blood of all the sacrifices that were massive sacrifices going on. And underneath those were caverns too, and all that stuff dripped down there by the gallons. And uh, that's also where the big treasures were hidden. Who was going to go down there? This last place you'd want to go and look for money or treasures. That's called blood money. That was the source of the term. There's never been peace there. It was always in the middle of a place where armies would match back and forth to conquer somebody. And there's never been peace there. You know. Anyway, so Obama expresses deep hope in this really Palestinian peace process and the imminent establishment of a Palestinian state. Ha, 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 ha. So that's the kind of rubbish the media churns out, you see, uh, quite happily because it's this... It's politically correct to do so, and it sounds nice, like they want to do something useful. And, um, but in reality, the same media will not go into the history of any of this conflict. They stay away like, like it's a hot potato, and no one will really touch it, of course, at all. At all, they won't touch it. That's what the media's job is, to keep you thinking you're living on the cutting edge of reality, getting told about the latest gadgets and gizmos of science, and in reality, they're telling you stuff that really is obsolete at your level. At the high levels, it's very obsolete. They're way beyond whatever they tell you they're working on. Now, culture creation is a fascinating subject because people have no idea, especially youngsters. You're, when you're born into your age group and here you are, you know, you take everything for granted, everything. Uh, you've already been conditioned through cartoons that you have a generational gap between you and everyone else. It's reinforced in school, and uh, they've even got the teachers younger and younger t- because the, the, to try and make the children identify with them. You know, parents bad, teachers good, and that's exactly, again, what Julian Huxley, the first CEO of UNESCO, said. Uh, they've done it all. And they're now giving them their culture and reinforcing their culture, as, as Lord Bertrand Russell said they would in his book, Education and the Good Life. But they use it as an indoctrination process. But um, it's so interesting to watch this thing of to do with sex and sexualizing children, because it goes further than Bertrand Russell, who tried all this, these experiments in the 1920s and 30s with experimental schools, to see if you could break the bonding, the emotional bonding between male and female and separate the sexual act from the emotion uh, to ensure that they'd never marry and have offspring. Um, He helped to create today's society with the big think tanks and all the big names I've mentioned many times before. But before him, H.G. Wells was pushing when he came straight out of his indoctrination camp given his future by Sir Thomas Huxley, the grandfather of Aldous Huxley, the greatest friend as well of uh, Darwin, who championed Darwin after Darwin died. He also started up the, what they called the Red, the, the Red Tie School, and they were all made to be authors. They would use novels and such to get ideas across to people to change the country through that. They didn't have television to do it then, you see. And novels are still used today as well. But the sexualization of children is just phenomenal, and, of course, they're all watching, apart from watching the porno on, on Internet, I've read many articles about the age groups of that watching it, um, they're also watching uh, music television, which is geared at that. It's absolutely geared at the very, very young. And um, here's an article here to do with this, too, the culture industry in Sesame Street. If you think Sesame Street or anything is put for children, is really just to make them laugh, uh, and it's safe, well, 
I'm sorry, I have no pity for you. Something's wrong with you. This is a Sesame Street duet between Katy Perry and Elmo has reportedly been banned from the children's show because her dress is too raunchy. Uh, Perry sings about opposites with the Red Muppet in a reworked version of her hit song Hot and Cold in a clip which was released on YouTube this week. But her low-cut outfit has enraged many parents to the point that the show's producers have axed the scene, TMZ reports. You can practically see her T-something-S, it says. I wonder what that means, her, her something-something-S. T begins with a T. Torso? No, give me torso. There's some wonderful children's programming, it says, one YouTube member wrote. They're going to have to rename it Cleavage Avenue, said another. I'll be back with more about this after this break. Hi folks, I'm back. This is Cutting Through the Matrix, talking about a, a show that was cancelled on Sesame Street because Katy Perry, whoever she is, they come and go, so I don't even bother taking note of them. Uh, and once you get a bit of cell light on their thighs, that's them out the door, you know, uh, and somebody replaces them before you know it. And it says here, as I said, you can practically see her T-S, and I figured out his toes, obviously, right? That's some wonderful children's programming on YouTube, one member wrote. They're going to have to rename it Cleavage Avenue, said another. On closer inspection, it appears that Perry's chest is not bare, but rather covered in a thin see-through mesh. Amazing. See, they're all going to outdo each other now because it's pushed to the limit now with Gaga and all the rest of the uh, the ones that really um, are kind of poor strippers, really, have been picked up by the big boys, you know, the big boys who run the entertainment industry. And um, they'll do anything they're told for cash and a wee bit of fame. It says here the pop star's performance was scheduled to air on New York's uh, New Year's Eve. Despite the t- controversy, some online viewers have seen the funny side to the debate. So they always try to diffuse it at the end. And this is how they say it. The parents who complained about this are probably the same ones who claimed Bert and Ernie were gay, one wrote, you see. So th- that, that's what you get when the whole society is naturally debauched in the first place, you see. And remember, too, um, it's all to end up eventually with uh, no such thing as pedophilia. It'll be consensual sex and, and intergenerational meetings, as they like to term it at the top. That's really the, the objective. And you'll see, you're see, you're see it shortly. It's, it's already coming out. In other, it's even coming out in some movies. You know? That's generally how they introduce things. Is your, the movies get you used to it. And then... Under this great new Soviet system, it's amazing again how the complete Pavlovian technique of, of re-educating you through many different terms, but re-education is what they call it, uh, of, of people who are politically incorrect. But they're going for children again. I mean, see, they always go for children. You get them, get them young and you can create them to think anything they want to. Give them before seven and I'll make them whatever I want them to be. That's what, even what the Jesuits said. Three-year-olds being labelled bigots by teachers as 250,000 children are accused of racism. This is Britain in the UK, 23rd of September. Teachers are being forced, they're being forced, so I can really see them getting forced, right? 
They'd be too happy to do it. Teachers are being forced to report children as young as three to the authorities for using alleged racist language, it was claimed last night. Have you watched the movies lately? They joke amongst them in the movies back and forth all the time. The children watch them all. It says, Marina Mirza, a senior advisory to Lord Mayor Boris Johnson, said schools were being made to spy on nursery-age youngsters by the Race Relations Act of 2000. <laughs> More than a quarter of a million children have been accused of racism since it became law, she said. Can you believe this? Hmm? Right in Prospect magazine, she said, the more we seek to measure racism, the more it seems to grow. Writing in Prospect magazine, she said, um, teachers are now required to report incidents of racist abuse among children as young as three to local authorities, resulting in a massive increase of cases and reinforcing the perception that we need an army of experts. Here you go, a mass- an army of experts, you see, to manage race relations from cradle to grave. Cradle to grave. It says, does this highlighted awareness of racism help to stamp it out? Quite the opposite. It creates a climate of suspicion and anxiety. Well, that's the new Soviet. Self-policing is a term the UN calls it. They're going to train the public to be self-policing because they'll be terrified of something blurting out of their mouth. They'll think twice about everything that you want to say. You'll think twice about everything. You'll have to, to be safe. Everything under everything can be misconstrued by some nutcase. It says the act compelled 43,000 public authorities, including schools and churches, <laughs> to promote good relations between persons of different racial groups. Details of the incidents are logged on databases. They'll be permanently there. Teachers are allowed to report racism even if the alleged victim was not offended or if the child does not understand what they are saying. They'll often say these little terms between each other because they hear it in the movies. And they laugh. Freedom of Information replies, obtained by Civil Liberties Group, the Manifesto Club, interesting name, eh? Manifesto Club, show that between 2002-2009, 280,000 incidents have been reported. So they get sent off for re-education and all that kind of stuff. That's what they're doing to children. And nobody cares, you know. Nobody cares. You should listen to The Future, the song called The Future, and listen to the words carefully. We don't like children anyhow, and so on. It's all in there. The The future is in the song. And... We heard all this hoopla about so body scanners and body scanners, and, and the, we found out eventually they were already using the body scanners without the public's knowledge um, when they were testing them out by Man- I think it was Manchester University got one of the big military contracts for that, and the, the people were standing in front of the desk not knowing that that, that that was the actual scanner at the time, and they were doing it for a few years. I guess they follow them down the road and see if they were dropping dead of cancer or something. But anyway. They came up with a big PR project and got everybody used to the idea. Well, you see, it's not quite, you know, we can't really, it's kind of fuzzy. We can't tell what you really look like under that. And um, that was all lies, of course. You can see everything perfectly well. And then we found out, too, that they're X-raying you as well. And they want to do deep X-rays for the bones next. But here's Italy. Uh, Italy's done something right. It says, Italy to abandon the airport body scanner project. After a six-month test, Italy's government will drop the use of full-body scanners for security checks in airports. Back with more after this break.
listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and talking about the body scanners in Italy. Interesting little article actually, uh, only from the Italians of course, but it says, even the way it's written, but it says, um, it says after a six month test that the government will drop the use of the full body scanners for security checks in airports, judging them slow and ineffective. It says that the scanners in the airports of Rome, Venice and the southern city of Palermo are no longer in use and Milan's airport is likely to stop using the machines in the near future. We didn't get good results from body scanners during the testing. It takes a long time to examine a person more than with a manual inspection, said Vito Riggio, the president of Italy's aviation authority. Officials also believe measures taken to address privacy concerns over the use of the scanners have dampened the machine's effectiveness at locating arms and explosives, Corriera della Sera reported. So, basically, um, it's ineffective, they're, they're according it. To, and, of course, anybody who's a real terrorist would find other ways to hide the darn thing. Obviously, you know, obviously. And why even go through the airport? I'm sure there's many ways they can get them in past the airport uh, entrance areas, too. That's also an, an obvious thing as well. Now, I'm going to laugh at the United Nations because they always try to keep their name up there in, in, uh, in the media. And he just says that the UN chief urges tolerance to combat polarization. I don't care if it's Miss Bipolar. I don't know what she's talking about here. But Secretary General Ban Ki-moon warned kings, prime ministers and presidents Thursday of growing political polarization and social inequalities and implored UN members to show greater tolerance and mutual respect to bring the world together. Well, who really wants it? I mean, what is their idea of being together? Huh? You better understand what they mean by the world being together. They mean a standardized world under total authoritarianism is what they mean. And this scientific socialism. That's what they mean by that. Not just going over and shaking hands and sharing things. No, 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 no. It's not that at all. He says, he said, people everywhere are living in fear of losing their jobs. Too many are caught in conflict. And we see a new politics at work, a politics of polarization. Well, he knows all about losing their jobs because the UN were the guys who helped draft up the treaties for the GATT treaty and the jobs off to China and all the rest of it. Yada, yada, yada. And he's all for the IMF and the World Bank. This is all part of it too. He says, we hear the language of hate, false division, divisions between them and us and those who insist on their, their way or no way, he said. What, a, what a, a hypocrite, because you see, the UN is the most hypocritical, uh, our way or no way organization there could possibly be. They will stand no other system or they tolerate nothing. You've noticed that about liberalize, the liberals too, they're always on about the rights for this and rights for that and rights for whatever. But if you don't go along with their PC correctness, uh, they're vicious at you because they will stand nobody being different from themselves. They're vicious. They pass laws so you can't even ask questions about things. How tolerant is that? Anyway, it says, in times of such polarization and uncertainty, Ban said, let us remember the world still looks to the United Nations for moral and political leadership. Do you remember all the food for oil scams that was going on there and all the other scams that they were getting, getting rich off the poor people, <laughs> feeding them all the stuff, right? They weren't getting it for free, folks. Hmm. Utter corruption. 
always was under the guise of respectability, though, doesn't it? Always does. Now, there's a caller there uh, from Colorado. Uh, Jeff, are you there, Jeff? Yeah, Alan, I sure am. Yep. I wanted to bring up an issue of I, I know you know about. It's the consciousness about turning inward versus living in the moment. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I, I don't think you're a big fan of meditation based on my reading, but, dang, I bumped into this one from uh, Roy Masters about you. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't, don't publicize Roy Masters. Uh, Roy Masters is simply publishing old mystical Judaistic stuff, really. Is it good meditation? I think it's helping me. But med- meditation, all kinds of meditation can help you. If you just le- learn to relax, and that's what the main thing is, just learn to relax. Once you go beyond relaxing, uh, then you're into a religion, whether you know it or not, and and you're following something uh, that's raking in a hell of a lot of cash under a guise of a foundation, you know. So, 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 you know, don't push the people's pro- programs on this show. <laughs> well, um, I, you know, I, I really think I was uh, turning inward to the moment where my uh, attention span was down to the seconds. Because mm-hmm. of trauma and fear and bad marriages and stuff like that, yeah. and I'm always seeking. And and uh, I've tried meditation before, uh, you know, concentrating on candles. I, I, a month I, I didn't, but you know, this closing your eyes and you know, concentrating on your hand really helped me a lot. And in fact, you know, ab- about drawing inward, uh, you know, I. I, I <clears throat> You are kind of like the Grim Reaper in the, the things you bring up. I mean, I, I get out there and talk to people, you know, and we're in Alex Jones and stuff like that, and your name comes up, and, oh, my God, your message is so heavy, and the fear that it brings. And people are drawing inward because of this fear. Yeah, yeah they're, drawing in, they're drawing inward because they don't know how else to, to, to get around the system, which they see is overwhelming. But drawing inward can also be a form of escapism. Um, if you study, and there's lots of studies being done on uh, massacres, intentional massacres around the world, uh, even before World War II onwards, you will see the people drawing inwards all right as they refuse to believe that what is happening and about to happen to them is going to happen. And that's a form of disabling the mind in order for the person to finish their last little seconds that they withdraw into a, a state of unreality because they cannot believe that they've got seconds to live and it can actually happen to them, to them personally. This happened. Um, this happened in World War Two, where you'll see uh, uh, groups of uh, people behind factories that they, they film it, and um, you see maybe five guards with rifles, maybe 200 people standing in a crowd, and an officer barking commands. And, and five or six at a time run to the edge of the, the, the trench. Uh, they're told to jump in. They jump in. They've, they've watched the guys before them jump in, and then they're shot. They actually obey to the bitter end because they've turned inward, and they cannot possibly imagine this will... Something must happen at the last second because in my life there must be a miracle because I'm too important. This doesn't happen in a modern society. And that happened through Cambodia. That happened through right up to the present time. There's still folk getting rubbed out because they're killing fields over in Afghanistan yet where they've gone into villages and wiped a lot of them out. It's the same thing in in, uh, Iraq. 
And uh, some of the troops have tell, told them about this. They can't sleep anymore. And that's right. So the fact is, natural meditation, you can get with going a walk in a park or just a walk anywhere away from people and, and just let your mind ramble until you realize you're not thinking about the usual worries that you have. That's natural meditation. But uh, I've listened to so many of these guys before bring up the usual things. And I know Roy Master goes on about, an awful lot about the women and how uh, they, they tend to repeat the same things over and over. You say black, they'll say white just to annoy you and so on. But he stuck with her all this time. I don't think he left her if, she, if he was to meet her so much, him so much. So, but he's, he's got this big, massive um, foundation type thing. And he, 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 a lot of these guys on the radio, you must understand, are there to sell business. You understand? You know, they're, they're selling business. That They're not preachers out there getting paid by... I don't buy two-thirds you know. of what Roy Meisters has to say. You know, his meditation method, though, that's... I mean, I stick with it. It's helped me concentrate. Do, do natural meditation, and good luck to you. But you also must get to a stage where you break through into a higher reality, not turning inwards, but going beyond what you've been taught, and that's going further than outwards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But thanks for, call, thanks for calling, though. Uh, but thanks for calling. But no, I, I, that's, um, they'll they go on about this forever, their meditation stuff. And I've, I've heard a hundred different um, uh, techniques mentioned and so on. The CIA, I've got to tell you this. The CIA, and I put it links up too. I'll try and find them tonight. Where the CIA were in there doing the Esalen, all these different um, these projects, uh, where they, could act, they went into a, a, a nunnery, a convent, and they had a, a whole bunch of them left the convent after an hour of this strange meditation, mind control it was, of course, because uh, there was heavy hypnosis and different techniques. And then they found they all married each other or got were teamed up as lesbians. That's what they got them to do within an hour. One hour you can do that. And in meditation groups as well, during the, the whole New Age push, the gizmos and gadgets that uh, were demonstrated on television in Canada uh, by... Nick Bagage that were used by the CIA back in the 50s. Some of those stuffs were, were embedded in the walls of a lot of these big meditation rooms. And believe you me, when they said they, they guaranteed that God would speak to you, you would hear God speaking in the middle of your head once you paid your money. Believe you me, you'd hear it. So you've got to think for yourself. And if you can't go into natural meditation, like children do, children do it all the time. You see them staring off and the, the jaw drops and that's natural meditation. That's where a whole bunch of stuff in your subconscious is really working together. And it comes out with little formulas that eventually break into the conscious. And you understand something that you didn't, understand, you didn't even consciously try to work through before. Anyway, as I say, this, uh, this is this, this, about this article in the United Nations Chief Urges Tolerance to Combat Polarization. And uh, it's more of the communist pablum that we're getting taught. They'd love everybody to sit and meditate and just be good. <laughs> you understand? They'd love that. Just be good. Just meditate and go into your little space, etc. That's what they'd love you to do. Now, when all that's going on, everyone's meditating too. The food cues for hunger are growing bigger and bigger in the States, the U.S. No one wants to talk about that. Unemployment's skyrocketing, and it will continue to skyrocket because nothing was brought in to replace all the factories that moved out, you see, intentionally. So what's happening today was not unforeseen by the guys who set up the GATT treaty 
and all the international trade rules for the for the for the the GATS at Star Ch- uh, Chamber for the commerce for the world. And it says Walmart's CEO provides the starkest visual of the modern breadline. I'll put the, all these links will go up on cuttingthroughthematrix.com at the end of the night. Remember, it says. In today's art uh, cash and comments, there's a stunning admission by none other than the CEO of Walmart on what modern-day bread lines look like, to wit, profits and baby formula. This is our pal Rich Yamaron over at Bloomberg picks up uh, an eye-opening statement made by the Walmart CEO last week. And this is a statement. So I don't need to tell you that our customer remains challenged. You need not to go further than one of our stores at midnight at the end of the month. And it's real interesting to watch about 11 p.m. Customers start to come in and shop, fill their grocery baskets with basic items such as baby formula, milk, bread, eggs, and continue to shop and mill about the store until midnight when government electronic benefit cards get activated. They're all getting their benefit cards because they're all poor. And then the checkout starts and occurs, and our sales for the first few hours of the month, the first of the month, are substantially and significantly higher. So there you go. It's not nighttime red lines for all. It's actually at nights because that's when the cards kick in. Once a month. This is talk about shopping only for necessities. The midnight trip for baby formula says it all. So. It was on to say in this article too, it says, um, so the recession supposedly ended 15 months ago, a Bloomberg report on lagging jobs got superseded by the FOMC statement. Here's the opening line from the Bloomberg report. It says, payrolls dropped in 36 U.S. states in August, led by Michigan, indicating the labor market will take time to rebound from the worst recession since the 1930s. A little later in the article, it was noted how broad the job weakness was. Texas lost 34,200 jobs, and California eliminated 33,600, the Labor Department said. The number of states where payrolls dropped was the highest this year. More job losses in more states. Thank thank God the recession is over. The country is collapsing everywhere, and all the leaders can do is lie to the electorate that things are great. Images of the Titanic come to mind. So... Yeah, propaganda takes over, you know, where reality has failed them. You know, everything in this world, as I say, is such an illusion, a farce and a con. And I've, I've said so much about the charitable foundations and organizations. I've read articles over and over the years where I tell you, here's what these companies took in, these big charitable foundations. Here's what they gave out. I told you to get into YouTube and watch the the video um, about celebrities, and um, the the video was incredible. It was Star Suckers, it was called, about celebrities. Not the porno version, apparently there's a porno version out there, but Star Suckers about the celebrities. And um, the second part of the video went into the media business and showed you how they just live on handouts from the big... PR companies and the UN and all the rest of them. But also went into the charitable foundations and the big uh, We Are the World projects and how they raked in something like 90 odd, apparently billion dollars were claiming and only a fraction went to Ethiopia. 
tiny fraction. And the little fraction that went to Ethiopia was scattered by planes flying over to lead the people into a desert. These are all the ones the government want rid rid of where they died because the government wanted rid of those folk. Amazing how it worked together, isn't it? Now, here's what to do with Bono. Now, these guys all go around, too, talking about like, prime ministers and presidents must forgive the third world debt. Well, number one, your government should be in the business of lending loans out to other governments. Where's that written in anybody's law? Nowhere. And what do the governments do? They borrow the money they're going to loan out from the World Bank and IMF. And they put their own citizens down as guarantors should uh, those they're lending it to default, which is the third world, which they always do. So they love these guys to come along and tell us, oh, we got to forgive these folks' loans, which we do. Then we're lumped with more and more debt back home. And then your government gives them a new loan. And the same con goes on forever. See how it all works? And these guys all know the big bankers and Rothschilds and so on. Bono. Bono's one. The one foundation, or we are one, you know, uh, comes under fire for giving little over 1% of funds to charity. 1% of what they earn went to charity. And it says, Bono's anti-poverty foundation, anti-poverty foundation, right? One is under pressure to explain its lavish salaries. That's where the money goes, folks. After it was revealed that only a small percentage of money it raises reaches the needy. The non-profit organization, which is also political because they push all the political agendas with all the other foundations and NGOs, set up by the U2 frontman, well-named frontman, received almost 9.6 million pounds in donations in 2008, but handed out only 118,000 pounds to good causes, which is 1.2% back after this. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix. Just finishing off the bono here. It says that the revelations about him only give out 1.2% of what came in. Uh, comes at an embarrassing time for him, uh, who is in New York this week, lobbying governments, at, here again, lobbying governments on behalf of the bankers, you know, at the UN's Millennium Goals Summit, that's the communitarianism that we're all to go into, uh, to do more to alleviate suffering in the third world. Meanwhile, he, where's all this cash going, eh? Nice to live like a king, isn't it, under the guise of charity, isn't it, Bono? Hmm. Anyway, it's another caller there, and it's Clint from Ontario. Are you there, Clint? Thank you for taking my call. Yes. Um, I have two quick questions here. I'll stay on topic with Bono at first. Um, do you think he's got any ties at all to an elite bloodline? Because he's always uh, involved with many political leaders throughout the world. Uh, I sent you a disc uh, many months ago with a number of pictures with that, and I just yeah. want to get your thoughts on that. And quickly, uh, with Agenda 21, we know that there are plans for um, uh, making uh, privatization of anything with land and anything like that. Do you think there's going to be some problems with holding gold and silver? Do you think they'll manipulate the market somehow? I'll hang up now and listen. Thank you, Alan. Yeah. Well, yeah, Bono definitely will be. He'll have the right uh, background, put it that way, or ancestry. Uh, there's no doubt about that, to do the job. And um, I think Bob Geldof is the other one that does the same kind of thing. And they're all doing the same stuff. They meet with the top bankers and national boys as well. So they're all buddy buddies. And the taxpayer ends up being the sucker. 
as they pretend to get us to give money out to third world, which goes to international corporations in reality. Any money it gets there goes to international corporations to give them work, you understand, so they claim, even though they bring the work in those countries. Gold and silver was confiscated in the last depression and, um, and by law. Uh, they can do anything they want with it. Uh, the same boys who control the financial markets around the world, uh, the international bankers, the Rothschilds and so on, are the guys that still fix the price of gold every day. You know, he gets up in the morning in his pyjamas and sticks his finger out the window and then declares to the markets what the price is for that day, up or down. So, And these guys hold stuff in reserves like you wouldn't believe to make scarcity to get the prices up. Then they flood the market again, and then their agents buy it back for peanuts. So they do this constantly in a, in a cycle, a cycle over and over again, and they can't lose. Um, but really, it's a commodity like any other commodity. It's, it's, a, it's a bet that you put things on, and you hope for the best. Um, and, and it could be anything at all. It could be any other commodity as well. But definitely, yeah, they can if they want to. Uh, uh, they're already going after people who barter. They are going after people who do flea markets. Uh, if you trade gold now, even amongst yourselves, or sell some gold to a local collector, they want a, rec- a record of that so they can tax you on it. So uh, so they're taking over everything, as, as you well know. Um, and we're going into a cashless society one way or another. And cashless societies will mean that you either really have an underground very, very quiet bartering system, which I cannot see because people can't keep their mouth shut uh, because everything will be electronic transfers eventually down the road. But in the meantime, sure, uh, as long as you can sell it at, at least at the same price you buy it, um, it's something to hold on to. Uh, if it starts to plummet, you know, you might have to sell it very quickly before it really crashes and the big boys buy it all back for peanuts. Is generally the cycle that they go through. And tomorrow I'll come back and I'll talk about the lie detector tests coming in for people in Britain uh, to file their taxes. They're going to give them lie detector tests now for the for the small businesses and shop owners. From Hamish Monsieur, Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.